deixa ela de boa pra dançar na pista Entre quatro paredes faz o que ela gosta Sabe aquela sentada que ele perdeu Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode six, Sapphire Kitchen. It's a beautiful Monday up here in Washington, D.C. Um, it's been about a week hiatus. I wasn't feeling too good last week, so I didn't really want to record any episodes while I was feeling under the weather. Um, but today I wanted to bring you an episode, kind of talk about like what I had in, on my mind last week a bit, so it might be a little bit of a longer episode today. Um, kind of, I mean, the big thing that happened last week that was on my mind was Carnival, and I was kind of really thinking about all the things and all the elements of it. It's a really interesting time. I've never celebrated one myself, but in terms of just reading about the history of it and hearing anecdotally from people I work with and people I know who've lived in areas that celebrate Carnival and, you know, really kind of embrace that part of the culture and that part of the year and, you know, the tradition, um, it was really kind of, it was really amazing to hear um, all the different things that go into it and the history of it. Um, I was I was really just perplexed by a lot of it, and it just had me thinking about influence and like what inspires what inspires people to do the things that they do. Um, I always think of my I always think of that when it comes to making a dish. I always think about like you know what am I being inspired by? What inspires me to create? What inspires me to to make something the way I did? What inspires me to think of it in a certain way? Um, so I, you know I think it it just boils down to what you see and what your environment is, but we're going to get a little bit deeper into that. I just wanted to uh, to start the episode there and just let you know that we're going to have a, a really good episode today. So uh, I want you to stick around as we take a break. take a little commercial break so what inspires me what inspires you it's a question i often think about what inspires me i think i probably talked about it in my last couple episodes but i think for me it, it changes a lot too it's a very mercurial feeling i might be inspired by one thing one day and the next day i might take inspiration from something else um for me i feel like i guess i could think of it in a couple of different ways right so I can think of what inspires me in my life and my goals and like what I value. And I can think about what inspires me within like a discipline. Like if I like to do something, cooking for example. Like what inspires me while I cook? I think for me when I cook, and you know, are they the same thing, right? Is what inspires me in life different from what inspires me in a discipline or is it the same thing? 
how much do they defer? I think in life, I'm inspired by, you know, the people around me, support, people I, you know, I support and I interact with on a daily or bi-daily basis, monthly basis, etc. Um, I'm inspired by art, you know, hearing stories of people. I think growing up in, I took a lot of like classical classes, classical classes. <laughs> I took a lot of classics in, in high school and in middle school and I learned a lot about mythology and kind of the hero story and the hero motif that that flows within these these cultures you know you have to like make a name for yourself to live on afterwards right you want your name to be everlasting and leave a legacy um and to me that really stuck out as something that was really cool like you know we're, we have so much we have such a limited time on this earth it's really interesting to be able to think about how you can make it such an impact on people where not only those people that you know directly are impacted, but people beyond your circle and people beyond that circle are impacted. And people in that generation, your own generation, people to touch multi-generations, I think that's a very, I was just fascinated by that when I was a kid. So just thinking about that, anytime I do something, I try to think of like, you know, how could I possibly, you know, if I want to get into a new hobby, which happens often, like how could I, how proficient can I be at this or I could leave my legacy and you know, offer something and have my name be associated with it. Um, so I take a lot of pride in that. And I think that that kind of inspires me to just like keep creating and keep trying to do different things and, you know, make a difference, whether it be small or large. I think like with the mindset of, you know, making something to better others, I think is always a great thing. Um, obviously, you could do a lot of things selfishly and you can reap the rewards yourself if you like, but it may not be the most fulfilling thing. Now, when I think about how I'm inspired within a discipline, I think it's a bit more specific. For example, when cooking, like what inspires me is just, I guess this is a bit similar, like seeing the people around me, but really I, I take inspiration from a lot of art and try and think about the, the crossovers between art and food and the world that they kind of live within each other. And, how you know how different yet how similar they are in a lot of ways i think that contrast of like the yin and yang and the way i see food and how like you know in a lot of ways i guess you could say art was never meant like it's not meant to be destroyed but you know it's something that you create to like last and you know building that legacy of art and you know, your name and what's associated with it i think about food i think kind of the same thing like you can say you can make something for someone Right. And it can touch them so much that they will never forget it. But the irony is you make it for them to be destroyed. You're making something to be destroyed, to be consumed. So just thinking it in that way, I just that's why I think it's it's so fascinating to look at art, like the connection to art and food and especially a lot of people say you eat with your eyes and when you see the plate, it's just so good that you just want to it looks so good that you just want to like destroy it. I think there's a bit of beauty in that. So I'm inspired by that. Um, I think I have a tendency to like really get involved and want to do things like really quickly and you know I have a lot of passion for the things that I do and I think like I was saying earlier seeing people do the same sort of things and you know be passionate about it as well that that passion that mutual passion drives me to keep going and want to create and, and see different things and offer my perspective and my story I think that's what partly inspires me too that and you know my grandmother I think about 
you know, I get so inspired by the things that I want to do and how I want to create. And I always think back to, you know, opportunities and like, when, you know, seizing those opportunities, right? Sometimes you're, you're given an opportunity to, to try something again. It may not seem like the right time. It may not seem like the perfect thing to do at that moment, but sometimes you just have to seize it. And like, I always think back to my grandmother who, you know, bless her heart. I'm glad that, you know, we have such a strong relationship, but without her, like, you know, making a huge sacrifice and saying like, I have to leave my kids in Costa Rica and come to America to start new, start fresh, right? With, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. You have to, like, there's a bit of, there's a risk involved. Like, I'll be forever grateful for that because she was able to provide her family with a life, like a different life that they didn't have to be subjected to living in Costa Rica. Um, not that it's the worst thing in the world, but she improved everyone in her family's quality of life by taking a chance. And, you know, I, I can only imagine how you know, how that feeling of just emptiness must have been when she left her kids for the first time and coming over here and, like, the just the uncertainty of, like, I don't even know if this is going to work out. It's really taking a shot in the dark. So I think just thinking from that mindset, like, I'm very grateful for all the things that she's provided me. So, like, I try to seize as many opportunities as I can um, and be grateful for them. That And I think, um, again, like, with food, I'm inspired by like the love that it offers in such a an intangible way, right? There's no, it's like a physical manifestation of love to me in a certain way where, you know, you can offer someone, maybe you don't have money to offer someone, maybe you don't have like the capacity to like bring them into your home or something if, you know, they needed that. But if you can offer someone a meal and, you know, that kind of, that that love and preparation that goes into it that I touched on before I think that's beautiful and that's that's something that really inspires me about food that a lot of food and I think you'll hear a lot of chefs probably say the same thing that a lot of food that's made with love is probably the best tasting food and it means something right it's special it makes it more special something that you can't like you can't buy that ingredient anywhere else that's a that's a feeling that's an emotion that's poured into food so that's where I definitely see that that crossover between art and food is like there's there's thought and an intention and love put into the things that you do um on the plate and that's what the person the consumer is supposed to take from it right so that's what that's what really inspires me um in my discipline with with food and i mean i just think it's a beautiful thing um i really want to hear from other people like what inspires them too and i, I try to ask people that, that question a lot because i think it's a really fascinating question because everyone's going to have like somewhat different um motives and like kind of what what, what gets them what gets that fire underneath them kind of going so we get back I'm going to kind of touch on what I wanted to touch on last week and I'm going to continue with this conversation about inspiration and like different places I can take inspiration from and you know how I kind of touched on last week my creative process and what what I think about when I go to create a dish and whatnot um so I want to talk about inspiration from a historical context too and kind of talk about the things that go into or run through my mind as like I go through a dish and thinking about the historical context and like how you know in a lot of ways you can really you can make a name for yourself and your culture and your ethnicity and your beliefs by just presenting someone with with food on the plate you can present someone with something like food on the plate and you can represent you can tell a story um, without even you having to speak um, so I, I just think it's a really beautiful thing and that, that really gets me 
kind of excited when I think about food in that way. So I'm going to play some music and we're going to get right back into it. Um, stick around. Sapphire Kitchen Radio, episode six. Sorry about that long break. Welcome back to Sapphire Kitchen Radio. This is episode six. Um, last segment, I, I talked a little bit about what inspires me and where I draw inspiration from, you know, in my life, my personal life, and kind of what, what I draw inspiration from um, in my craft and my discipline, right? Which is cooking. It's kind of what the basis of the show is about. Um, just to add on what I said, I, th- I think something else I had to put some thought into, it, something else that really drives me and kind of gives me a... Um, you know, it really inspires me is in a certain craft, there's a lot of discipline and kind of, there's a standard that has to be held that like you have to, like you have to hold yourself to, um, with any, any sort of discipline, right? You have to hold yourself to your own standard. Um, and I think especially with, with cooking, there's so much creativity and so much vulnerability in it. Um, that it's, it's really interesting how you, you can have your own standard and especially when you cook for others, you have to almost, you know, you have to hold yourself to your own standard, but at the same time, you have to meet someone else at their standard for what they determine is, is good or what what they like. So I, I think that in and of itself is something that just draws me to cooking because it's so multi-dimensional. You have your own standards that you have to meet, and you want to provide the best meal and the best experience for someone else. Um, so I think you know, just having that discipline to to stay and be yourself while also like providing something enjoyable and an experience that you carry it for someone else, I think is just really remarkable. Um, and it's something that really kind of just touches me about cooking. Cause it, it, in, it is a very selfless kind of action. Um, you know, you're giving a lot of yourself, like you're telling your story, you know, the vulnerability of, especially if you're trying something new, you're cooking for a lot of different people or people who are very critical, you you really don't know how people are going to respond. So it's like you're putting yourself, your heart uh, on a plate and you're watching people cut through it. Um, and that's that's really, that's that's a tough thing to, um, to kind of deal with. So the other thing that kind of inspires me too is that I believe just the history and kind of the cultural aspects of food as well. Um, so much of what we eat is passed down and is learned. It's like learned, it's learned love, right? It's something that we associate with our our everyday. 
right? The things that we eat on a daily basis. But so much of that, as you get, as I've gotten older, I kind of realized that how much of a, not only cultural and historical context are placed within food, but also how much of that historical context is connected to your, your own personal story and your family. Um, I saw someone write the other day, I'm probably going to butcher this quote, that when you cook, it's like you're cooking with all your ancestors, right? If you're cooking a family recipe, it's like you're cooking with all your ancestors in the room. So all that energy, all those spirits, I don't know how spiritual my followers or listeners are, um, but you're cooking with you're cooking with all of that at the same time while you're making a dish. And I think that really when I when I heard that or I read it, it really kind of opened my eyes to that, that perspective of, wow, there's like a real power and kind of there, there's a real power that, that comes behind the dishes that you present to people and like what you're offering them. Um, you know, I was watching Top Chef the other day. And, you know, the thing they always stress is shout out to Top Chef, by the way. Great show. Shout out to Bravo. You get that sponsorship. But the thing that they were trying to express was, you know, you need to tell your story on the plate. You need to tell your story. You need to give us your story on the plate. And that's that's a really vulnerable thing. And they're getting judged on their story, essentially, like how they're able to convey their story, their life story, their ancestral story on a plate. And I just thought that was kind of a really, um, that was an interesting, that was an interesting way to look at it. And then to dig deeper into it, I myself being of mixed ethnicities and um, kind of seeing both sides of, I have two sides that I kind of really, that that make up my my identity, right? I have my Costa Rican side and um, my father's side, it's primarily black and um, some Caribbean descent. So with that, there's a lot of, there's a lot of history that, that comes into what I, I make. And I think for me, the important thing is that I don't lose sight of the fact that, um, when I make food, there, there is a story to it and there is a vulnerability, vulnerability to it. Even if I don't think about it on a daily basis or every time I make something, there is like a bit of connection or something there's a familiarity right there's a familiarity familiarity behind what I'm making um it's familiar to me and sometimes like I don't know you probably heard people say like you know I don't know why I made that just it felt right and a lot of the food I I make I just tend to think it I I make it or I want to eat it at that time because it feels right like and that could just be you know my ancestors calling at that time and saying like this is this is what you need to be doing um you know make this this is what is the best for you and I was going to say to dig deeper into that, there's so much, that's why I think the, the some of my favorite foods are those foods that are heavily influenced by like the African diaspora. There's so much rich history and culture that are just pushed into, or excuse me, forced, that were forcibly pushed into these different areas that really just created a melange of just different cultural aspects, flavor profiles, you know, there's even dishes that are just made or invented purely off just trying to survive, right? People are left with the last bit of whatever they had, right? Because, you know, the people that were in charge didn't want to take advantage or didn't want that, right? The undesired parts of animals, the undesired vegetables, etc. So they were left with that. And what did they do? They, you know, people made the best of it. So I think that's really, that's really inspiring. That's why it's giving me a new kind of look on the term, uh, or a new perspective, rather, on the term soul food. I used to think that soul food was really 
you know, growing up, it was just like Southern food is what I equated it with. Southern food. And then as I got, I got a bit older, I kind of associated soul food with like, you know, what makes you, you like what builds your character, like what, you know, gives you that, that warm feeling like someone's hugging you. Like that, that to me was soul food. And then now I kind of see it as anything that you're, you're making, especially with love as you know, I've mentioned so many times already, that's definitely soul food, right? That's your soul food that you're making because those dishes that are made with love, that energy is being passed down through you into the food from generations generations and generations are, are, are putting all that energy that love that positivity into the food so hopefully the people that consume it are you know con they're consuming something made with love and that that to me is a beautiful thing um honestly so it's giving me a new kind of perspective on what the term soul food can really mean and what could it, what it could stand for um, but going back to what I was saying about the diaspora and kind of even so leading to carnival, there's so much culture and history that I feel like our people have created because of four situations where they were pushed out way far outside of their comfort zone into conditions that were just not even that were that were not ideal, that were awful, inhumane. And from it now the food that we celebrate from these different places where the African diaspora came or was forced to go are dishes that we celebrate around the world. Some of the best flavor profiles, some of the best food. Um, so I just think that's it's it's really admirable to think that like from the worst situations we can get things that are globally known, and I think that's that says something about our people as as a whole that from any situation we're we're able to make the best of it. And that that's something that really kind of moves me now, and like it, it motivates me to do to do more, to continue to do more. They talked about on the show, one of the episodes I was watching, a Top Chef, Edna Lewis, who I'd never heard of before, and she was a pioneer for being one of the first Black women in the South to really take a different representation of what Southern food meant, and she really shifted the culture in a way that, um, just. That just it, it gave the South it ignited a new fire under the the Southern, under the terms like Southern cooking soul food, and that to me like being a pioneer even though all adversity is is against you, that is that's so inspiring and that's like it's such a beautiful thing, to kind of to hear about to hear those stories and those anecdotes it's, not it's very often that I'll hear a story about um, a figure in in history especially in American history other countries who's black or, you know, who shares lineage from the African diaspora, who are just doing these amazing things. And it just, it makes me so proud to be who I am and to have that and to be a part of that group and kind of claim that as part of my life. And I think that's such a wonderful thing. These, we are, we are pioneers for culture. We are pioneers for, for making a difference and making the best out of awful situations. Um, and for example, that, that, that leads me into what I was talking about with earlier with, with Carnival. What I kind of learned from a bit of my research and just talking to people was the fact that these traditions that we celebrate now and like we, you know, people travel for and it, it's these grandiose things now, these grandiose events, it started from a bit of exclusion. People who are brought, people of the African diaspora were, were, were brought to these places and saw how their, you know, their owners were, um, were acting during the time right before... Lent 
and you know they're kind of mocking it and mimicking it in a way and from it they they bore this amazing tradition and culture that that is what we have now of carnival and i just thought that was so admirable they they took a an event where they were completely excluded and not allowed and they turned it into a globe like a globally known event now and it was out of just you know kind of cracking jokes on the people who were doing it they they thought that the people who were involved initially were just making you know a fool of themselves and so they you know we we do a lot of great things as black people and we just we did it better and we're able to you know incorporate music that we like and create new music from it new genre and you know we just made the best out of a, a not so great situation am i doing the full story justice no um, and I, I understand that I'll probably do a more in-depth podcast solely about carnival and the traditions in a bit. Um, but I just wanted to kind of talk about, you know, the fact that stuff like that, like hearing those stories and hearing those anecdotes when I, when I heard them last week, it just, it really inspires me to just keep pushing the envelope and keep pushing myself to do more, not only in my own discipline of cooking, but just more in, in life to just push the culture forward. Right. There'll be a time where, you know, the next generation of people that I have influence on with um, at my school, like I'm a teacher and, you know, even in, in family and stuff like that, I'll have the chance to kind of tell these stories and, and push for and, you know, practice some of these um, these cultural traditions that that are out there and expose like people to them. And I, I think that in and of itself is doing our culture as as people from the African diaspora a favor by, you know, really pushing forward what's important is, you know, that unity and that kind of coming together that was instilled in us prior to coming here when we're, you know, they, they forced us to separate ourselves and it was forced separation. And we had so many things that just took away our, our, our humanity, um, to find just such looking down the line and like where we are now to find like such just beauty in the fact that we were, you know, we made the best situation out of the worst situation possible. Um, it just it just completely inspires me. And, you know, that's something that really pushes me forward. So that being said, like in those events, like where the where the people from the African diaspora ended up, that that is really where we see the most. Renowned and kind of to me, like some of the best food that, that we get from there to, to bring it back to that, that scope and that lens, I think those places you know, to the credit of the, the, the willpower and the strength and, you know, just the, the sheer ingenuity and creativity of those people to make an awful situation great, I, I you know, I have to tip my hat and say thank you because what you did, you laid the path for me to be able to do what I'm doing now. So to my ancestors and people who share ancestral lineage with the African diaspora, people who were taken and captive from Africa... Thank you. Thank you for being resilient. Thank you for being strong. Um, you inspire me and you push me more than anything else. So on that note, I'm going to finish up with a bit more carnival music. Hope you guys enjoy. This has been a good episode. Sapphire Kitchen, episode six. If you haven't already, please follow Sapphire Kitchen 202 on Instagram, where you can visit sapphirekitchen860.net to find out more about what it is we're doing over here. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Again, that's Sapphire Kitchen 202 on Instagram or sapphirekitchen860.net. 
can find this podcast on Spotify. You can find it on Google Podcasts. It's on Anchor. Um, Do your best. Tell a friend about it. And let me know what you think. All right. Signing off. Enjoy.